The chop for this market appears to be remaining. We started the day green, spilled down into the red, came back into the green briefly, and then finished in the red across the board. What do we do here? Well, what am I doing? I'm going to tell you and I'm going to share it with you because I think I'm pretty well positioned and I feel pretty comfortable for whatever comes at us because there is high levels of unknown. Russia, Ukraine, we'll get into that in a second. The Fed, it's very difficult, basically impossible. There's no way you can navigate Russia, Ukraine and the potential for Taiwan with absolute certainty. I've tried that. And uh, while I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on what it is Russia actually wants, and it doesn't seem to me to be entirely Ukraine, uh, the path between now and returning to peace is virtually unpredictable. We can't really predict the day to day. So we have to remain relatively long-term focused. We have to be positioned for whatever comes at us because we don't know what's going to come at us. How am I positioned? Well, the longs I have, because right now I have longs and shorts. I'm going to get into the shorts in a second. The longs I have are well-priced companies that I view as value. And there's some tech stocks I view as value. And it's not just Intel, which I added last week. It's companies like Jumia, the largest online retailer in Africa, which just reported, I believe, 30% revenue growth over the comparable quarter last year. Um, that's quite compelling to me. From what I understand, African logistics are picking up quite substantially. I've talked to some people in Nigeria. They are hiring people for shipping networks over there. Um, and that company's less than a billion dollars. How big is Amazon? How big is Alibaba? How big is Mercado Libre? So value, I think you can get a lot of diversity uh, within value. I think you can find these 10x growth stocks that if you really pick the right ones and get them at a good price, they can present good value. Of course, there's the energy stocks. We've had our energy stocks. I have trimmed um, about 50% of my energy holdings since the videos that were recorded in December. Uh, that's kind of really when I maxed up my position. Obviously, you know, it sold at the previous peak, bought back, bought back a little early, but here we are, big gains. So can't really time the bottom, it seems, in something like that that's so geopolitical. We can do the best we can, get, can to get an edge, but it's hard to have a high level of certainty, unfortunately. Um, energy stocks, yes, the price in WTI has risen quite substantially. And that is kind of nerve wracking because we could all of a sudden have a quite substantial drop. But the stocks have not had the 20% plus move that the price of oil has had. So if the price of oil falls, I'm not expecting a catastrophic move in the stocks. I mean, the stocks are where they were when oil was in the 80s. So that's quite a significant drop. Yes, there's uh, talk about Iran coming back online, but Russia is offline, so it seems like that just might be a replacement. Either way, the stocks are still cheap. Things can change. If you haven't realized any gains, you probably should do that. Realize something. Um, 
and not have ha- as high exposure as you had when oil was falling on Omicron, which didn't make any sense uh, because now oil is quite expensive. So you want to buy low, sell high. Now we're getting into high territory. I still think a lot of the stocks are cheap, particularly if the price of WTI stays here. I don't think it will stay here in the short run. I think it can certainly return here in the long run. The EIA just said they expect oil and gas to be the primary energy source for the next 30 years. So we should have some sort of long-term perspective on this. Um, But in the short term, you know, maybe there's an air pocket under this 20, 30% move we've, we've seen in the last week or so. So value, that includes 10X growth stocks priced well. That includes energy companies, in my opinion. That includes companies like Intel, in my opinion. That is my biggest bucket. Three small buckets in that big bucket. And then I also am doing two other strategies that might be more advanced strategies, not for everyone, but I encourage you to do your research, do your homework, get to know these strategies because in times like this, they can present good hedges. What are these strategies? One, buying S&P 500 put options. If you have some level of uh, market knowledge, you might understand that. S&P 500 put options, benefiting as the market turns to the downside. Bought those yesterday. Seeing a slight gain on them today, nothing crazy. But if the market spills, I'll be protected. Those will make me a lot of money because I'm essentially controlling 100 shares for a fraction of 100 shares. So I can really get some good downside protection. In addition, I'm also selling call options against stocks I have that are rising in this current environment. Not that I don't like those stocks. I'm okay with holding them. But I'm trying to get some money from them. And then I'm locking in a sell price. So the stock's up. Okay. I don't know if I'm needing to sell that position right now. But I want to hedge myself. You know, I don't want I don't want to take the risk that stock falls big. I'm not saying it's gonna fall big, but hypothetically, can happen. And I want to get a little bit of that gain locked in right now. So let me write you a call option. I'll sell it to you. And if the stock goes up, you'll buy it at the price I already know I'm comfortable selling it at. And I'll get a big cash pile then. So there is risk. If the stock runs a whole lot, you've locked in your sell price. But these are things for you to calculate as the investor. So that's today's video. Russia, Ukraine. We're not going to end today's video yet. Yesterday, there was talk of a ceasefire, and we discussed that in the video. We didn't get a ceasefire, but we did get some optimistic signs and some pessimistic signs. We'll start with the pessimistic. Macron said he expects the worst to happen. Putin initiated a call with him, said, hey, let's talk. Macron comes out of that call, says, worst can happen. I'm not looking too much into that. Yes, I am looking into it, but I'm not looking too much into it. Why? Putin, contrary to my previous belief, may want to shake up Europe a little more and may not just want to get NATO out of Ukraine and wants to intimidate them. He scheduled the call and all he said essentially was implying the worst is yet to come. But then after that call, Russia and Ukraine agreed on ceasefires in certain areas and certain routes where civilians and supplies can go. 
Russia has picked up their civilian bombings, which is concerning. But that, if it holds, is a relatively optimistic sign. And they have a third round of talks next week. So plenty can happen between now and then. I'm sure it will. That is what I'm seeing. That's what I'm looking at. Yesterday, Russia also said they want the Ukrainian people to pick their own leaders. But then Putin, I believe, earlier today said Russia and Ukraine is one people and he's not backing down from that. I don't know how those two statements are the same. So us as market participants, obviously we don't have you know, defense intelligence. We have to go with what we see and what's public. So it's highly uncertain. That's why I have the hedges on more so than usual, more so than eh, maybe we can take a day or two down, but in the long run, we're going up. I think there is too big of a risk that this stuff gets nasty. So I have this to protect against that. So that's today's video. And until next time, peace out.